author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And hello, welcome to I Protest. It's Donald Jeffries here with you. Uh, we're going to the new format that we started last week. I know we're not going to do this every week, but... Uh, I basically am tired of you know having to to wait to the last minute to know if I'm going to have a guest or not. So uh, we certainly uh, just that's just the way it's been lately. So we'll we'll certainly have guests back on for you, but um, you're going to have to put up with me ranting and raving and uh, <laughs> looking at stories. Hopefully, I get enough of them here. Uh, I'll see if I can uh, figure out how to do this to share screen. I think I know what I'm doing. Okay, yeah, I think I know what we're doing. So uh, hopefully, we'll get. I only see. I don't see many people yet in YouTube. So hopefully people watching this got to keep YouTube while we can. So um, I'm going to start uh, on a cu couple cultural things because uh, over uh, over the weekend, last weekend, um, my son and I watch a lot of stuff and my brother-in-law as well too. And uh, <clears throat> all my life, people have kind of, uh, well, some people enjoy it. <laughs> some people walk out of the room uh, I basically, when that show MST 3000 came on Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you remember that, one of my favorites, uh, they were basically doing what I've done almost all my entire life, just keep up a steady stream of commentary. <laughs> um, unless I really like, if I like something that I'm usually going to keep quiet, but especially the stuff that I don't like, I tend to uh, comment on it. So last week we we, we watched a couple of really, uh, <laughs> it, it, but it's, you know, it's it's educational to watch some of this stuff so you know what's out there. You know, I was aware of some of these shows, uh, Velma, Little Mermaid, and Peter Pan, all these awful woke remakes they've made. But uh, hadn't really watched, sat down and watched one. So we watched uh, a couple episodes of uh, two of them. <laughs> they were, <laughs> boy, were they bad. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk about a lot of other stuff, too. Let's see if I can find those ones first. Uh, Okay, here it is. Uh, here it is. Okay. First thing you see is this thing called Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Now, first of all, I had no idea who Aquafina is. I guess she was on, uh, she played the cop in some movie I had watched. I wasn't even, oh, uh, Renfield, which is another old kind of interesting movie with Nicolas Cage. You watch that, boy, that was a different take on, uh, the vampire mythology, but this Aquafina. First of all, my my spidey sense goes off, and I'm triggered by uh, one namers. I, you know, starting with Cher, I mean, one namers typically are so pretentious. You know, they're so incredible they can only have one name. So you have Cher, Madonna, and then you know pretty much every black entertainer. I mean, Beyonce, Rihanna. Um, What's the one that I get? The, the one that's the huge, I can't kind of keep forgetting her name, Lillian or whatever her name is, the one that weighs like 500 pounds or something and was in a thong in the Grammy Awards. Uh, these one-namers or something. So now we have the uh, the lovely Aquafina joining the fray. So when I first saw it, I said, oh, good God. Just, so we watched you know, a couple of these, Nora from Queens. And uh, my guess is what, the, what they're trying to do here is to, due to the Asian family, 
what they have done uh, to the American family uh, over the last, especially the white family, for the past 50 or 60 years, absolutely destroy it, you know, in terms of the nuclear family. And that's what this series clearly is trying to do. First of all, the uh, there are lots of jokes at the beginning, which have always been around jokes about why Nora is still living at home. I think she's supposed to be mid thirties, maybe or something like that. Why is she living at home? Yeah, we will question that. But in today's world, um, not so strange anymore because uh, economically it's very hard for people, a lot of young adults to make their own way. And again, in Asian culture, especially traditional Asian culture, uh, they would not look askance at that. They really, Amer the Western cultures are the only cultures really that uh, have, again, because of intense propaganda for uh, many, many decades now, have uh, looked down on uh, adults uh, living at home. In, in many countries, they live at home until they get married, you know, however old that will be. And uh, the parents uh, value them. Of course, they're worshiping the elders as well. So the, the elder here in this, if you think this, and this grandmother here, Lori Tan Chen, boy, Again, she's, if you watch the show, and I don't suggest you do it, but uh, <laughs> unless you're, you're uh, ready to, it's, it's a slap in the face. And it's, again, to see how they treat uh, another ethnic group besides uh, whites. And uh, that's what they're doing here because the uh, Laura Tan Chin plays the role of countless white grandmothers and to a lesser degree grandfathers in the past on television shows and films where she's a thoroughly obsessed with sex naturally, even though she probably can't have it anymore. Um, and is, you know, foul mouth, dirty, has, has the least bit of love or caring for her granddaughter. And of course her granddaughter is not exactly lovable. Aquafina is again, playing the part of the modern white woman, uh, just a complete mess. She doesn't have any attributes at all. I mean, she's, they show her room and it's just, you know, it looks like a hurricane hit it. And, you know, she's kind of proud of it and shrugging. I don't know why, you know, just, again, things that in traditional Asian culture, I'm sure would, uh, would not have been tolerated or appreciated. And I, I just was predict, watching this, thinking of all the, uh, the older Asians in this country that are already probably pissed off at, at this, uh, at, at what has happened, the Americanization or, or uh, the idiocratization of, of uh, their children. But uh, watching this woman, she just to show you one, one part of it. They, now, luckily, they blurred it out, but it was somehow it was a photograph, a close-up of the the grandmother's vagina, and uh, how you know what, why that was taken or whatever. But you know, she was I don't know if she was doing some kind of. I have no idea. It made no sense because the grandfather's not in the picture, the mother's not in the picture. The only good actor, this guy B.D. Wong, he's he's a great actor. He's been in a lot of good stuff. He was in Gotham and other people. He can't really act, but he has a thankless role here and. Uh, He's no good either. You know, he, he basically bad his daughter and everything else. So, uh, so no, nothing, nothing good to say about there. Another uh, terrible scene they were treated to where she's uh, Aquafina gets a giant dildo out. And um, fortunately we don't actually get to see her use it. Maybe that'll be in a future episode, but this is her plan. She tells everybody she was planning to have a seven, eight hour masturbation section uh, session. And uh, she gets uh, interrupted by her grandmother. I think uh, they have to. I can't was it. I, I can't even remember was they had to go to the hospital or something. Something ridiculous. Of course, nothing can interrupt that. So just 
just understand that this is the kind of stuff that's out there. And this, this is, this Aquafina is every bit as bad as Cher or Beyonce or Madonna or any of these other horrible. I mean, she just has no talent at all. She's not remotely attractive, but you can say that about almost everybody in the entertainment world. That's my review of Nora from Queens. It's, um, it's not anything that I would ever, ever uh, suggest that you should watch. But uh, that was my precious. That was the, the one ep- the thing that we watched. Now, the uh, get back to here and make sure I get this right. I see oh, people are showing up in the – good to see people. White Wolf there. Thank you. White Wolf wrote a nice review on his uh, sub stack about um, asking the truth. Uh, uh, and, and, and Vince Agnelli, my friend, says, did I hear you say you're getting a trigger job – job for a firearm. I don't think I mentioned that. I I was triggered. <laughs> I was triggered. I get triggered a lot. Uh, Sam Booty's tree, White Wolf again. Okay. Uh, Helena Petrovich. What network is that on? Oh, I think it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Disney. No, it was HBO Max. I take that back. And, and you know, HBO Max is a little, generally a little bit more tolerable than, um, than uh, Disney Plus, which is just <laughs> absolute worst, but that was a pretty bad one. Okay. Um, let me see here. Now, what happened to where's Johnny? Sorry about this. I'm still getting used to this. See, I'm not. See- oh, there it is. Okay. Here's Johnny Depp. All right. Now, this is this is a um, this one. We actually watched this first, and of the two, it was probably well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to say which was worse, but. Uh, the Idol is sexually explicit. It is sexually explicit, but I, I will give it, I will say one thing for it. It stars Johnny Depp's daughter, um, who, you know, kind of looks a little like him or whatever, but uh, I, they don't really do any kind of a backdrop explanation. They don't do a good job on explaining. She apparently was some kind of a singing star, an idol, that's the idol. They don't have flashbacks like explaining her career or anything. So, which I think, you know, that would be normally what she would do. But in today's Hollywood, they don't do anything normal. So uh, it makes no sense. At least she's attractive. And I will say, again, if you're going to have nudity as a male, I want to see females. I want to see attractive females. So she is naked quite a bit, amazingly. A couple other women are running around half naked. And uh, for once, you know, which is amazing because, as I commented over and over again, the vast majority of nudity on today's screen is male nudity. And uh, it's absolutely, you know... (laughs) It's a culture shock for me to watch it because really all nudity is is gratuitous. You don't really ever need it. But it's funny that back when there was a lot of female nudity, the women's rights groups would talk about it being gratuitous. And it was. It was gratuitous. It's never necessary to the plot, but they managed to fit it in now. In fact, uh, we were also watching uh, on July 4th, we were watching uh, a thing because they couldn't find almost anything at all patriotic to, to about our founding. You know, why would you have that on the, you know, the day celebrating your independence? Uh, can't have that. You know, have to have, you know, uh, what do you call it? American pickers or whatever. It's stupid stuff on the history channel. But um, we were watching the John Adams uh, miniseries, some of it. And it was okay. Paul Giamatti did an okay job. He's a good actor playing it. But they had a, a, a ridiculous scene that made no sense. They had a scene where they were going to tar and feather somebody okay that's fine they did do that then but they they stripped him naked okay you can still do that but why do you have to do that why do you have to show that but they had to show it 
So they stripped him and they stripped him and they showed his penis flopping about. I'm thinking this because it, it, it doesn't fit. There's no other nudity anywhere else. It, it made, okay, you're just trying to show. We don't need to see that. An old movie would have cut it off, you know, from the chest or waist up. And you, it was obvious he was being stripped naked. And then, you know, have him, you know, scream with the tar being poured on him in the feathers. We don't need to see his flopping penis. But that's what, again, this is even something like that. And that's probably 15 years old, 10, 15 years old. So things were, but that's the kind of stuff they're doing. They're, uh, they're, they're desensitizing the audience and now they're expecting male nudity. And again, I don't, I, I'm sorry, it's male. I find, so I find it offensive just like the women's groups that used to do. But um, anyhow, the idol. So this is, let's just trying to figure this out. I, I was trying to figure out what's going on. First of all, of course, naturally, she, well, she's not a lesbian. So if she's not a lesbian in today's world, she's a blonde she's going to be interested in some non-white male. I mean, there's, it's inevitable. And of course she is. She's got some kind of a black Spanish, I don't know what he is, but uh, walking around with a ponytail. And of course that's the guy she can't get enough of and she's in love with. Um, she also has a, uh, but she appears to be maybe be a bisexual because there's a, another woman who's kind of, uh, I don't really understand her. I think this is her aide and friend or something, but she's, watching her a lot and pining over her and they appear to be, uh, you know, intimate as well. So it's got that. And then they have a transgender character who they brought out and you're going to see more and more of that. Every, every one of these series now is going to have at least one transgender character. This is hundred percent chance. This is, this is reality that you're facing in uh, today's Hollywood. So she, it, it, whatever comes out, he, it, whatever. And uh, just, you know, it's just ridiculous. And they were they were showing these dances with men and women both. And it was supposed to be, I guess, something that was going to appear on some show, but it was choreographed. And the entire thing was just simulating sex. I didn't even understand the dancing wasn't very good. And uh, the acting was really, you know, a bad Hank Azaria, you know, aging Hank Azaria. You know, he's better doing a poo and Chief Wiggum, you know, voices on the uh, sense where you actually can't do a poo anymore because they've... Uh, I think they've banned the Apu character or something because they, they said that uh, you can't have an Indian character uh, working at a 7-Eleven type convenience store. As if, I mean, that's, you know, that's contrary to reality, right? I mean, if, how many convenience stores have you walked into over the last 20 years that there wasn't an Indian or a Pakistani behind the counter? Uh, so again, this is just, just like you can't have black street criminals. They have to be white skinheads or something. Uh, everything is contrary to reality. And, you know, Hollywood lives in this completely uh, bizarro world where everything is contrary, the exact opposite of reality. So um, now they claim here that the idol attracted impressive viewership at 3.6 million. Uh, I, I find that hard to believe. But again, they lie about everything. And um, so who knows? But anyway, that's so that's something the idol. I, I think we made it through one episode of that or something. But just I don't know where it's going. But it, it, again, it didn't look uh, I wouldn't call it entertaining. Okay. Okay. Hel oh, Helena Petra. First of all, I don't recognize your name. Good to have you here. Um, Sam Bodhi said, "Watch Sound of Freedom yesterday. Good film. Yeah, I, I think we, I, I want to see that next. I think my son and I are going to see that. Uh, I, I'm amazed, actually, that it's in the theaters." Um, it says there are more Harvey Weinstein's out there producing these shows. Well, you know, I, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein may be a lot, but I mean, I think 
Harvey Weinstein was kind of the old school. He was just part of the casting couch. You know, he was just going after females. I, I don't know what they're doing now. And I don't know how much, uh, how many underage kids uh, that Harvey Weinstein was involved. It certainly wouldn't, uh, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and Helena says, uh, a capital fourth and PBS. So I, you know, I haven't watched that for a while because I usually have people I've never heard of as entertainers, but I'm obviously getting old because I can't, most of these entertainers, I don't know who the hell they are. I really don't know. They're celebrities. And I don't know who they're fit. Uh, White Wolf has some observations. Yes, you did. White Wolf did comment on that on Substack. Read his review there. He, uh, he had some interesting things to say. I, I don't, you know, we'll see. He says, be careful get the thing that moves a big Pro dump. Well, we'll see. There's, uh, Helena says, sounds pornographic. That's, that's enormous. Well, it is, unfortunately, the norm. I mean, I don't know what pornographic is anymore, but um, it's – and the definition of obscenity, you know, the Supreme Court hasn't been that long ago, you know, again, the 1970s when uh, there was a big discussion over obscenity. Now, you don't, you don't even hear the term obscenity anymore now, I guess because it's normal. I mean, it's normal to be – I mean, you know, I don't what, – what does it even mean? But the, the Supreme Court justice at the time said uh, he couldn't define because – Naturally, the civil libertarians at the time who were against censorship, regardless, were saying, uh, well, you have to be able to define obscenity. And uh, much like COVID-19, they can't define it. They can't, they can't find it. So uh, there is no definition. It's like hate speech. What is obscenity? What some person, I mean, I think I know what I think is obscene. But looking at that, especially the Nora from Queens with the scene with the, the, the seven hour masturbation she was talking about and the, the picture of her grandmother's vagina. I, I think that's obscene I, to me, but I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to put that definition on everyone, but I, I just think that as a writer, if I'm writing these things, I think you have to elevate your yourself above the, the very bottom feeding uh, level and that but that's unfortunately everybody that writes in holiday hollywood now they're all going after for the lowest common denominator the potty humor uh stuff that you know I, when i was 11 or 12 years old i thought it was pretty funny too a lot of ridiculous jokes but uh and really they probably were more clever than, than a lot of these things but that's the level they're written at they're written at the level of what you know like sixth grade boys used to uh, do when they were trying to cry. I mean, just walking around and farting. I mean, you know, fart, I mean, they do that in movies all the time. And they, I've heard, I don't know how many shows farting is funny. It, it's fart, It's funny if you're a little kid. It's not funny for, it shouldn't be funny for, you know, for a mature adult. It's just ridiculous. Sachet says, yeah, Sound of Freedom. Paid forward tickets. There you go. Harlan Stonewall. Good to see you, my friend. Says, best thing is not to watch the propaganda. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Buckin uh, naturally says, uh, how about a show with a Jewish banker? <laughs> well, how about a show with a Jewish janitor? That, I was, uh, you know, when I wrote the Unreals, uh, I was still in the uh, the book of list craze. I, I love the people's almanacs of the book of list who were written by David Walachinsky and Amy Wallace, just uh, Chris, in case you wondered. But they were really good compilations, fun compilations. Had some good stuff in there about the JFK assassination and Forte and stuff. But anyway, I, it, I had the characters in the Unreals do things like come up with the the the, the small the, the smallest minority groups in the world or something like that. And uh, and one of them I remember was Jewish janitors, you know, that I came up to. And another one, oddly, was overweight Victoria's Secret models. 
I had no idea that uh, 15 years later that there would actually be overweight Victoria's Secret. I had no idea. I did not see any of that coming, folks. I, I did not see this craze at all. And um, another one was, um, oh yeah, uh, old old black old black jazz musicians who aren't considered legends. <laughs> so those are a few. I mean, there were others in there as well. So, and the unreals need some love. So go out, go out and read my book. Uh, it's the only only fiction I've uh, had published so far. Even though I, I consider myself primarily a novelist. Okay. Let's see. We get. Let me go look at the. Uh, see if I can find the Rockfin. If anybody's over, there's a few people there. Denver attorney, Mary Bill Traces, uh, Christy, uh, Christy Ripperger. Good to see you. Certainly recognize you. And Riley. Okay. Hopefully, um, get some more people there. Let's see what we have for our next story. Okay, let's go with uh, here's another cultural story. We'll stick with the culture for now. Comes up R&B singer again. Somebody I've never heard of. I, I literally don't know any of these celebrities. R&B singer cuts up national anthem live on stage with anti-American lyrics. Built blood built this land. Uh, R&B singer and actor Jill Scott, George C. Scott, I have no idea who Jill Scott is, blasted America by changing the words of the national anthem and claiming it is shockingly an oppressive state. And uh, as if it needs to be stated, obviously she's black and obviously she's complaining about the treatment of blacks again, even as she becomes rich and celebrated in this racist land. Essence, a black magazine, is the one that uh, talked about it. Everyone, please rise for the only national anthem will be recognized from this day forward. A uh, Jill Scott, a uh, thank you. That's the only. So that's the only one that they're going to recognize. The lyrics said, "Oh, say can you see by the blood in the streets that this place doesn't smile on you, colored child, whose blood built this land with sweat in their hands? Yes, built this land, but will die in this place and your memory erased. Oh, say does this truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves." Uh, uh, hasn't been the home of the slaves for a very long time, unless you want to count the 80% of us that are uh, basically indentured servants to one degree or another, living from paycheck to paycheck. And here, here's it. Scott, like all these other celebrities, has considered, and it's with an interview with Jamel Hill. Now, if you know Jamel Hill, if you've ever watched ESPN, of all the obnoxious reporters they've had on ESPN, and they've had a lot of them, she's number one. She absolutely hates Whitey. She is, she, you can't get more hatred against a race of people than Jamel Hill has for the Whitey. She hates whites. Her entire essence is wrapped up. She actually, I think, I thought ESPN finally got rid of her, but she seems to still be getting jobs everywhere. But I guess now she's relegated to Essence Magazine, which is where she belongs because she's completely obsessed with her blackness. And uh, another one that she's done very well considering a Shocking lack of talent. <laughs> um, okay, she said she would look forward to a, a better education. She's considered leaving America due to the racial climate, but doesn't. And why, I wonder why she thinks she could do better in China. How about that? Go over there and see how they go. They have signs saying no blacks allowed. There are some things you don't have to deal with in other countries. We're looking at Holland. Yeah, the education is dope. The education is dope. Well, Billy Ray, there's your favorite word. The healthcare is dope. Again, man. There's very few confines on your personality. If you want to go get 
some a or buy some ain't nobody tripping on you i obviously she's well educated i like the idea of people being able to be free as long as you're not harming anybody okay cool well can we be free to believe you're you know an absolutely unattractive no talent and there is the picture of the lovely jill scott uh who is telling us jill scott changed the lyrics to, during a performance okay athletes in the end of as you will he's talking about what they do in the nfl but uh so there's the lovely Jill Scott. Again, we still have angry blacks everywhere. Let me see. Oh yeah, White Wolf is talking about one of the uh, one of the makers of uh, the movie, the new Freedom movie. Uh, that was uh, defending the version of 9/11. You know, and I I understand what you're saying. White Wolf is distressing, but a lot of people they just He's probably a uh, a fairly standard extreme right winger, and you know he believes that, like Tucker Carlson did, and maybe still does. I don't think so. There's my friend Smoke. Good to see you here, Smoke. White Wolf says most of the child trafficking is domestic done to the CPA and law enforcement. Their public schools are the any exactly, and that's what I'm guessing from what White Wolf said. What I would have predicted that uh, they're going to probably stay away from certainly. CPS and people know I've had several guests on my show who lost their kids, been terrorized by the child protective services. So um, I understand what you're saying there because that's that's you know that's something that uh, should be focused on because that's clearly the uh, where we should our emphasis should be on CPS and uh, law enforcement. I agree with you on that. Um, if any of the comments. Yeah, what was says to desecrate the symbols of any religion in public is notoriously politics. And and but we all know that there is only one religion whose symbols can be desecrated in public. It's obvious. You go try desecrating a menorah and see what happens to you. Uh, desecrating anything to do with a mosque or, or with a. We saw what happened on uh, South Park. Was it twenty years ago or whatever when they wanted to have a show uh, spoofing mom just depicting Muhammad. They couldn't do it. I mean, they. I mean, they. They had. They had to back down. And and South Park, unfortunately, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have way too many times showed they're willing to capitulate to pressure. They did it then. They certainly did it during COVID and the vaccine. It was very disappointing. The uh, ridiculous uh, mainstream type uh, pablum that they put out there for that one. It was such great, great fodder for satire. They could have had some fantastic shows with like Cartman being the leading guy doubting and stuff. But uh, no. They didn't do it. They went for it and just kept uh, going after Trump. But they could—they literally couldn't show uh, Muhammad where they had had Jesus as a character with a talk show on there. They depicted him as living there. As uh, oddly enough, so did Family Guy. Jesus was a picture, you know, kind of a cool guy, but not really religious, and certainly not the Son of God in a couple of those uh, shows. And I don't really know why that is. John Lawler, it's John. I'm Irish from New York City and cannot apply for a job. <laughs> you know, Irish need not apply. Yeah, we remember that. I want my reparations. I got Irish people. Smoke says he likes this format. Well, I, I'm glad you do. Hopefully, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to do it all the time, but I mean, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to just you know keep. It, it's it's a lot of pressure to try to you know when you the first six people you've asked you know, don't respond. Most of the time, they don't even respond. 
it's one thing to turn you down, but they don't. And that's what really gets me. They, they respond. They don't even respond. Okay. And this is a big story, obviously. And that is that the, uh, the cocaine found in the White House. I, I don't even really quite under, I wasn't following. I don't, I don't follow like the, and that was kind of mainstream. Uh, Secret Service orders DNA and fingerprint analysis of the dime-sized cocaine bag he found in the West Wing. Now, this is, you know, again, talk about a ridiculous story. Just just imagine, again, I'm not defending Trump, but if they found the dime-sized cocaine bag in the White House, and Trump would obviously, unlike Biden, he would probably address it directly and make, you know, this typical ridiculous stuff to make things worse, but because he's part of the show, he's Trumpenstein, but uh, especially if... uh, but you can expand that into what if Eric Trump or Donald Trump Jr. had a laptop like Hunter's where there were apparently underage girls, including his own niece, naked on there. Maybe he was having sex with them. Uh, lots of other financial improprieties, lots of uh, things with him walking around naked. Uh, if you've seen the one image of it that nobody even talks about, it, I mean, the girl, the little girl, I mean, is little. I mean, really little. I mean, she might. Might be a toddler, I don't know, but you can't see because they blur out. And he's walking around like in a bikini or something, and he's, I think, naked. He's blurred out behind. It's like, what you know? Again, this is to say these people are Teflon is beyond belief. But obviously, we know he's, you know, was a crack addict. He was filmed with a crack pipe in his in his mouth. Uh, just picture that being Eric Trump or Donald Trump Jr. The, the reaction of the first of all, you have different reaction from the evil party as opposed to the stupid party, where the evil party demands action and they'd go out in the streets, I guess, if they didn't do something. Uh, obviously it'd be a completely different story. This is being, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with it. Uh, some people speculate that uh, they may be using it to, to get rid of Biden, to pave the way for uh, Michelle or uh, big Mike, whatever, whatever, you, whatever her preferred pronouns are at the, at the moment, what America prefers to call him, her, they, um, I think that's your next president. She wants to be, if I was making predictions, that's uh, who I'd be predicting would be in there again. But uh, I don't know if they're going to do that. But it, it's, a lot of people think maybe they, they, you know, this was this story is to uh, get rid of Biden or to get rid of Kamala Harris, because there's suggestions that maybe you can see her on the screen there that uh, maybe she's had this issue in the past and maybe this somehow could be tied to her. But anyhow, there this but we see these stories, a lot of things they're carrying out fingerprint and DNA analysis. So we'll see where that goes. My guess is you'll never hear anything more about it unless they determine who exactly who they're going to try to pin this on. But a uh, very strange story, obviously. I mean, this is, you know, what cocaine being found. And again, as I said before, when Bill Clinton was the uh, governor of Arkansas and a known cokehead, I mean, a real cokehead, uh, when what he was doing, what he did, I mean, they were still locking, you know, people up that when caught with the same drug, and it's the same thing here, this is a, it's a travesty that you still have people going to prison for long sentences caught with the same substance. And here it's being found in the White House. It's kind of laughed about. It might be uh, the, the president's son. It might be the vice president. Who knows? We don't even know. No name says, isn't Big Mike running out of time to declare for the presidency? Well, you know, and, and, and again, if I was making predictions, I would say Big Mike would fit right in because, uh, he, them, I'm just going to call Big Mike them. Um, them could uh, just declare that, uh, you know, maybe after the first wave of criticism came out, could declare that she transitioned. 
maybe call ourselves them. I mean, it'd be perfect. It'd be absolutely perfect uh, candidate. Okay. I mean, first of all, she's, uh, I mean, she's perfect in that she's wrong on every issue in terms of the interest of the American people, like all the rest of them are. But she looks different, obviously. Or I'm sorry, them looks different because we don't we don't know what she is, and uh, we don't want to make any. You know, I'm gonna say for sure because that could be a hate crime too, and they they they're liable to prosecute people that are saying that. I'll, I don't know. I'm not saying. Uh, Sashay says uh, cocaine. The White House is a story they released for some reason. There's probably cocaine in the White House. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I think I think it could. I think so. There's no question about it. So I, I don't, I definitely, uh, there's a, but there's a reason why they're having, okay, see Hugger over there, Hugger Little John over in uh, Rockfin. Let's see what we got over here. Uh, Sound of Freedom movie looks like a good one, Hugger says. Well, hope so. Um, White Wolf is not giving it a great review. So, um, but everybody judge for yourself. Like I said, I'm not going to go see it. And Helena Petrovic says, sorry to have to ask, but who is Big Mike? Well, it's been speculated again. This is speculation, so I'm not saying I know anything. Uh, Joan Rivers, a uh, famous comedian, she was interviewed in the street by TMZ or something and asked about uh, the then-President Obama. And uh, she said, uh, Obama's gay and Michelle's a tranny. Uh, that was it. And this, of course, fed into speculation and we have no idea because they can do so many things with uh, Photoshop and everything now. But there are several pictures out there. It certainly looked like she's got something down there bulging. Uh, but I don't know. That can be superimposed as well. And then there's the famous picture, if you've seen, of, of uh, them together when they were very young. And Michelle certainly looks masculine in the picture. And uh, so who knows? It, it, it's just kind of fun to say it. But again, I... I I prefer to say, you know, the uh, I, I I don't obviously don't know, but these people are so sick and perverted, and they're so deceptive that uh, that would. So actually, I didn't know who it was. I'm surprised that people listening to the show don't know that. Uh, I think Alex Jones uses it all the time. I hope people open it. Uh, they're so deceptive. They lie about everything so much that this would be something that they would do, and it also plays into one of the strangest conspiracy theories. And I find that uh, all the time, if I can find something that, may, that will come on my show and can espouse it. I will. There, and that's the, basically the theory that almost every famous person is the other sex. All the males are females and all the females are males. I mean, that, there's people out there that believe that and, and they think it's a giant psyop to try to screw with your mind. And, and I can't, I, I can't really doubt too much of, uh, of those kind of theories because they are deceiving all the time, but those kind of theories get born because they're being lied to all the time. No Name says the UK House of Commons was discovered at trace of cocaine everywhere and didn't bother to investigate who was using it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's what, I mean, it depends on how much noise the Republicans make, but the Republicans, you know, they're famous. <laughs> and they they kicked, uh, I should have put that story up, but uh, they kicked what I thought was their leader of the uh, House Freedom Caucus, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, out. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Trouble in paradise between her and Lauren Boebert. Um so I really don't know what's going on there. That's true, White Wolf. That's the worst thing in the White House. Little John says, uh, Joe Biden looked real bad on the floor. I, I didn't notice, but um, I don't know if you couldn't look worse at her husband, could you? I mean, that's, that would be hard to believe. Sam Bodhisattva says, we're tiny with the sound of freedom because of the, 
the last bit of the movie, Sound of Freedom, the girl he was trying to rescue is, is stomping cocoa leaves. Spoiler. Okay. Well, we'll be spoiler, but that's okay. We're still going to want to see it. Helena did. She did. Uh, and Helena says they have two daughters. Well, that's part of the, you know, that's the, uh, who was it that was, uh, who was I watching? Uh, some guest on some show. They were, they were showing who the real father of these, the mother of these kids. Oh, no, it was, uh, it was Jason Whitlock. And I urge you all, you know, he's on hiatus for a couple of weeks, but that's my favorite podcast other than my own. And of course, America Unplugged and uh, the, the, the great people in Rockfin. But uh, uh, Jason Whitlock is a, a really courageous black guy, a former sports reporter, and he's just gotten as radical as they come. And you're not going to find anybody that critiques the black community and black culture like he does. No white would have a, would have the courage to do one millionth of what he does. And uh, he's very good on political issues. He talks about the conspiracies and everything like that. But he had a thing, what, him and uh, another a black woman that's on his show all the time as well. Most of the people on his show are black, uh, but they're all good. And uh, they, they're very open-minded. They're definitely not the kind of group think that you see with other black leaders that they tried out there for people. But uh, they really went in depth. They analyzed pictures of the parents and everything and the daughters. Look, who knows? I mean, this would be a, a giant psyop, obviously, but it does play into what I wrote about in Hidden History when I've talked about it. Obama's uh, past is very murky, uh, like no other leader we've ever had. His, you know, his school records are still classified or they're not available. That's like Lee Harvey Oswald's school records. Well, you know why they're doing that, but why would they do that? And I, I talk about the... Uh, Professor at Harvard, I believe, Harvard or Columbia, because he went to both those schools. And uh, the guy, and I quote him in Hidden History, and the guy said, you know, I, I taught every every future politician of, of note that came through this university took my class, and I don't remember Barack Obama. And people that went to Harvard, they, nobody remembers him there. How do you not remember this charismatic, cool guy is, you know, He's hip and everything, and he can shoot baskets and stuff. Um, how do you not remember him? And, and, and he's, you know, obviously bound to be the first black president. Um, nobody remembers him, especially people. You know, people's memories are tied to what the people they're remembering become. I talk about this all the time. Where uh, if you are grow up around somebody that becomes famous, you're going to remember that. But if you, you know, somebody that was just an average person. Uh, you'll blank out. Oh, I don't remember you because I think a lot of people think it's not cool to remember people. Somehow you, it's like you're not cool if you remember them and they don't remember you. I've I've run into that quite a bit. But uh, so somebody like Obama, everybody is going to remember him that encountered him, and uh, but they don't remember. And you know there there. So the thing with the daughters, I mean, there are people. Uh, look, Obama doesn't have much of a history. There are very few pictures of him taken from the past. There, there are the wedding pictures of him and Michelle uh, Obama. This, these things are not there. Not many pictures when the kids were little. So, again, it's a huge conspiracy theory, but it's interesting. But it's it's based. It's the foundation of it is the the, the uh, concealment of so many things about Obama's past, beginning with his birth certificate. Now, what happened to that? You know, there's a people, why shouldn't we, there should be clarification about that. And that's where I first became aware of Donald Trump. I started looking at him a little differently because he was uh, <clears throat> in the forefront of that. He was tweeting out birther stuff all the time. And uh, 
they had that woman who died in the plane crash, the one who verified with a ridiculous, obviously forgery birth certificate that they tried to try that to explain the, to uh, set the record straight and debunk the conspiracy theorists. That woman died. She was the only fatality on a plane crash. And, and Trump tweeted about it. You know, only fatality. Very strange. And um, those are the kind of things that drew people to Trump because nobody else in prominence was talking about those kind of things. But so there's, there's and of course, then you have Andrew Breitbart, another death who, who uh, again, it's kind of mainstream right-wing news. But this guy says, hey, I've, I, I got a big story I'm going to break on Barack Obama. You know, I'm going to really it's going to tell the truth about uh, about him at Harvard. So a lot of us paid attention to that. He drops dead in the street the next day, like 40 some years old. Okay. And then uh, the coroner dies as well. I, all this is in my hidden history. They just, I mean, these things, one of the witnesses disappears for a while and then they find these are, again, these things don't happen uh, in everyday walks of life, but they happen all the time to these stories. So something about the Obama family and the history is, is weird. And uh, it looks like they're concealing something. Whether they are, I don't know. So that the big Mike thing fits in with that. I don't, you know, if, if this is the, if this is really just a, you know, a, a scripted family, then they're all basically crisis actors, and you know, they they've hired the girls to play the parts of their kids. So it's not impossible they would do it. Again, I'm not saying that <clears throat> that's added in. I'm not coming out as that at all. But uh, they do strange things all the time, and there are things to wonder about there. And first and foremost, he said. Uh, uh, his murky background. And, and after Breitbart died, he, uh, they produced the video that he was supposedly talking about. And I watched it and there was nothing eventful at it all. But what was eventful is that it was a speech that Obama gave as a student at Harvard. And so you want to see the young Barack Obama because we haven't seen the young Barack very much. Only video I've ever seen of a speech where the camera is virtually never on the speaker. You almost never, you see Obama briefly from a distance. It's very weird. If you watch it, they, instead they pan all through the crowd. And a very strange. So again, I talk about all this in uh, Hidden History. People that are <clears throat> interested in learning more can, uh, can go there. Let's see what other stories we have. We have lots of stories here. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Uh, do, do, do. No, that's not it. Hold on. Um, I thought I had another story on the same thing. I guess not. Okay, what's some more cultural madness? See? And the libs of TikTok, who have done some great work. I guess they're back now, but... Uh, <clears throat> This is again just this to show. And I'll I'm going to figure out how to actually play these things with audio. Tony tells me I'll be able to do that next. I'm taking baby steps so right now, but as you can see, this is a uh, typical inhabitant of America 2.0. I mean, you just you know what the hell it is, and it, it's it, it's a wonder they're they're going to eventually kill the sex drive and everyone. Because I mean, you know, if you're looking at that all the time, you're just going to say no. I, I'm sorry, I'm just not interested in sex anymore. Um, Bale starts a GoFundMe to buy pumps so he can lactate and offer babies transgender, transgender milk, man. That's got to be the best milk there is. He says he's always wanted to lactate. Well, who hasn't? What man hasn't always wanted to love? But just look at that. I mean, that's, I am so excited. Just, I mean, this is, 
and again, I'm sorry. I don't care what people do with their sexual fantasies. Transvestites can be amusing. They can be attractive. But um, they can, I guess they could fool you, especially if you've been drinking. But uh, they, they're not really trying to fool anybody. Is, is, is that guy fooling anybody? Uh, but this is all part of what we're seeing with the uh, transgender man. And it's... Uh, it's really the reason why I, you know, I've grown, but that, that's what you're looking at folks. That's what, and it just remember that, that uh, I know in my area, the, the percentage of children who uh, I died a thousand percent just in the last couple of years, and it's going to keep going that because this is what they're being exposed to all the time. More and more transgender models, uh, more transgender models in Playboy and Sports Illustrated and all that stuff, more stupid, ridiculous celebrities uh, lauded. You know, and again, these people are, I've talked about this many times. In 1955, America had more people in mental institutions than we do now, even though the population is like three times the amount or something. That tells you something. And I, I, I you know, I, I saw one flew of the cuckoo's nest and I read the works of Dr. Thomas Zaz, the manufacturer of madness, uh, myth of mental illness. Uh, I, I thought that those people were being mistreated and they probably were, but um, clearly one of the huge mistakes, Reagan, one of the many mistakes Reagan made was uh, letting so many of those people out and creating a really an exploding homeless problem which still hasn't, you know, been, uh, it just gets worse. And we see it in, you know, streets of LA and San Francisco, where you're seeing them defecating in the streets, living in tents. And a huge percentage of those people are, uh, or have some form of mental illness and would have been in some kind of mental institution, uh, you know, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. Well, not 30, but for, for certainly 50 years ago. Any word says, awesome, I had Walton Corey from IRM uh, last time. Walton Corey. See, refresh my memory what IRM is. I mean, I've had so many guests that I, I'm, I'm sure it was, I'm trying to remember it. Um, MTG is Patriot name only, Harlan stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, if you look at them, can you trust any? We're going to talk about Bobby Kennedy because I'm being seduced. You know, he's he's got me. You know, I'm his if he wants me. I mean, they're getting me these, you know, I get, uh, I can get seduced like anybody else. And he's, um, he's, he's really doing, uh, saying a lot of things, uh, the right things to, to trigger somebody like me to get the right reaction. Sasha says why Breitbart was better. Well, again, I think he's, he's one of the, I don't, I don't think he was a huge threat, Breitbart and the news is fairly mainstream, but, and I don't know what that, uh, revelation was supposed to be. It certainly couldn't have been that video because that was an innocuous video. And like everything else, didn't, unless he was going to comment is, you know, why doesn't it show Obama? Why doesn't it show the speaker who, you know, who, who how many times have you watched a, a recorded speech that was filmed and the camera was almost never on the speaker? That makes no sense, but it, and it plays into the hands of course, of uh, people who think that, uh, that there's something to hide about him, that especially his past. 
what was going on in his past? What was the childhood of Barack Obama? Really? I mean, there are people that think he was created in a lab. You know, I, I, who knows? They created the whole family in a lab. And Buddha says, because he wasn't there. Yeah, well, that's, well, he's, I think that's true. I think that's, you know, that's why people don't remember him. Harlan Stowell says he's running parts down in town and, and listening at the same time. Lucas, I appreciate that. Harlan, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody who's listening. White Wolf says the world is much more fake and gay than most people would well, care. Well, maybe. I don't know how gay it is, but yeah, it certainly seems gayer every day. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. MTG flipped to pushing McCarthy. Yeah, exactly. There's a story in the United States about the Freedom Caucus voting her off. Yeah, that's true. So, but I, but I mean, who's good there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if anybody's good. Who knows? Sam Bodhisattva said, not a lot of questioning reporters these days. No money. It's easier to get along. Yeah, I mean, what? I understand. I guess they've been questioning the cocaine in the White House a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know how you can, but, but you know, they're just, I just, nothing these people do surprises me because they just, they just, it seems like a, that they're trained not to be inquisitive. I don't, and like, you know, I don't think they have to be told to be that way. John Lawrence says baby steps. There you go. Helena Petrovic, I, lo I love seeing that name here. USA needs a mental health czar at this point. <laughs> yes, we do. Yep. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, the problem is because so, so much of the obvious mental illness in the country is linked to this transgender madness. And it is madness. It's lunacy. And I'm sorry, I'm never going to back down. Uh, you know, uh, you know. If you're born with a penis, you're born with a vagina. There's a very, very rare occurrences of hermaphrodites. And God, I feel awful for them. I don't know, you know, I don't know how that must be. Uh, that, that can't, that must be a nightmare. It's uh, Those are the kind of things that, you know, make you wonder why those things happen. But very rare. Um, you know, 99.999% of the time, it's going to be obvious what you are. But they won't even commit to that. You have doctors and professionals. And if you watch, if you watch the um, Matt Walsh's, one of the best. And again, he's a pretty mainstream conservative. He's great on culture issues, and uh, he put out that movie, uh, "What Is a Woman." You can watch it online. I watched it on YouTube for free. It was fantastic. Some of the best reporting I've seen in a very long time. And that's what real reporters can do. If you know, he's obviously not going to have a mainstream platform. He did used to go on Tucker Carlson, but. Uh, who talked about the movie, but that just watching these educators and these doctors, these psychiatrists who are all lunatics themselves, who are trying to, who literally can't say, well, you know, cause he would say something like, okay, so you, 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 when you, when the baby's born, how does the doctor tell it's a woman? Well, uh, you know, and they, they, they hem and haw because again, this is their religion, this madness, absolute insanity. Well, uh, may have some of the physical characteristics, but they don't know the gender yet. What? You know, just it's a, this is madness, and uh, again, it's just. Um, and there's John Lawler flirting with the women like he always does. Helena, you look great. Um, William Hale, I reckon these wingnuts have always been here in society. Parasites are simply bringing them in light. Well, yeah, but I think it's a, a higher grade of force. William, good to see from the land down under. Some of the people I have lots of good friends in Australia. Good to see you here. 
Helena, thanks you for your compliment. Um, Liz, the Iron Maiden. Oh, I haven't seen you for a while here, Liz. Good to see you. I think wasn't uh, Liz. Weren't you with me on TFR? Aren't you in Scotland? I want to say. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing up with somebody else. But the the word the the name definitely rings a bell. Josh Kobe and Walt from uh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. Thank you, Eddie Word. Yes, I appreciate that. And again, I, you know, I, my memory. I, it feels like when I'm interviewed about my books, a lot of times I have so many facts and names and dates. Sometimes I'll forget something. Uh, Helena says she thought it was JFK who abolished uh, institutions for community. Now JFK was, um, and again, like like JFK, I had the, I had the same idea, and. Uh, but no, he wanted, I think, treated them, treat them uh, humanely. And actually my hero, Huey Long, is the first one that started out, who started treating uh, mental patients, uh, even people in prison who had mental problems uh, uh, humanely because they weren't treated humanely before. And uh, if you read my book, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, uh, I have a whole section of uh, awful experimentation that was uh, performed on uh, the most vulnerable people in our society, orphans, mental patients, prisoners. Uh, and uh, of course, these would be carried and it goes over into eugenics. And, you know, the, the eugenicists got their start with uh, people like Woodrow Wilson, then governor of New Jersey, passing the first forced sterilization law. So uh, that was one of the first horrible things they did to people, the people they thought weren't fit by their evolution religion. Uh, they weren't part of the fittest, so uh, they couldn't reproduce. So they stopped them from being able to reproduce. And um, so you had this thing, and I, I described so many of these things in the book, and uh, where uh, you had uh, little kids and orphans being injected with syphilis and awful diseases, just horrible experimentations they did on it. When they weren't doing that, they were spraying areas. You talk, you know, people uh, demonize chemtrails. They were doing it long before chemtrails. They were spraying whole communities with uh, sometimes deadly diseases, killing people. And again, just this. Even then, we didn't have any media. That they just, they just swept it under the rugs. Sam Buddy Chase said, I look forward to MTG. Never seen before a video from January 6th that was released on the Oh, I didn't know that. They tried to for I have not seen that video. I would like to see that. All, all I know is, you know, it's all relative. Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, she looks like a some she reminds me of some of my relatives that I would see at a cookout. You know, just kind of brash and loud and drinking and you know, shooting gun. I mean, just, you know, she's, she's very Americana. So I, I to the extent that uh, she's a limited hangout, I don't know. She, she sounds better than most of them most of the time. And uh, that's what you, you're. Uh... Oh, I, 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 anyway, flat earth. Thank you. Any word. Okay. That's they, that was on that. That's the reason I didn't recognize the name. Cause they were on uh, just, that was this last week. They were on, uh, America Unplugged. Yeah, they were very good. Very interesting. I got to have some more flat earthers on. I got my friend Sean Hibbler back on. He's uh, He has a PDF in my book. I hope he likes uh, Masking the Truth. God made them male and female. Well, they absolutely did. He says, you ever, White Wolf says, you ever run across a transgender wolf? No, I don't think I have. No name says Rachel Levine would be installed in the mental house. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, well, yeah, it's perfect. Oh, 
Oh, Lizzie, I really was. Well, it's good to see. You. I'm glad you found me here because I, I, so many people, uh, there was a guy named Bam that was on there all the time. Uh, I, I miss a lot. I mean, a lot of you came, a lot of people did, but, uh, Liz says she's only just filmed. Well, I'm glad you did, Liz, and I hope you come back. It's the same time, Friday to 7 every Friday, right here, and uh, mostly every YouTube. We see anything, but you can go over and watch it on rockfin.com as well. Helena says, I need to read your book. You know, well, I have eight books now, Helena, so look me up. My latest is Masking the Truth, How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World, but I have a couple of hidden history books. I have a book about bullying in schools, uh, an economics book, Survival of the Richest, about the rigged system, and uh, On Borrowed Fame, which is about uh, money, mysteries, and corruption in the entertainment world. And Houston says, once you go flat, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> once you go flat, you never go back. Oh, thank you, Liz. And this one too. Well, we're here now, so we can go. Let me check Rockford one more time, then I'll go back to. Uh... Okay. Riley says I should watch Devon Stack. What is Devon Stack? I don't know what that is, Riley. Uh, guard. All right. I haven't been able to send you a gift yet, but at least don't have it yet. <laughs> don't send me what they found in the White House card. I appreciate it. Very generous. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Hugger says, once you go flat there too. He says, but well, that, that's true. Once you go flat, you never go back. All right, let's go. What other stories we have here? Okay. Um, now, this is my, as I mentioned, RFK Jr. And again, this is obviously that's my boy. You know, he's he's seducing me, as I said. You know, I'm, uh, I've been watching a lot of his interviews and uh, just, I, I guess I'm very uh, impressed with him. He's not perfect. He says things I don't like, but again, I can, like marriage or Terrell Green or anybody else, I can compare, comparatively speaking, what are we looking at here? And he's, I've never heard a presidential candidate. First of all, he sounds, he's even with his, his voice problems, which have gotten better. But even with that, he's so obviously more intelligent, more well, he's well-read. He's uh, articulate and he's knowledgeable about history to, you know, maybe not all hidden history, but some. And uh, he, he knows what he's talking about and he doesn't talk in sound bites. When he's interviewed, he gives a long thing. And again, I just think that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the whole thing means. Maybe it's a giant psyop. Maybe they're going to kill him. I don't know. But uh, I can't imagine that this is what they want. I mean, he's, he's publicly saying the government killed his uncle and his brother. But at, at any rate, he uh, watches stuff and see what you think. I, I'm very impressed with him. He, uh, he shoots down speculation about joining on Trump's ticket. I did the other day say, well, this is May. This is an old story. But it, it, he said... Uh, he said, just quality speculation, there are no circumstances will I join Donald Trump on an electoral ticket. Our positions on certain fundamental issues, our approaches to governance, and our philosophy, leadership cannot be further apart. Now, that's um, that's a, a little strange. Okay, I didn't realize it was an old story. I didn't look at the dates on some of these. I get them from you know, a lot of these from Godlike Productions. It's notorious for... Uh, in, in like last week or something like that, he uh, 
was uh, asked about Trump and he kind of took the opposite tack where he said he was uh, proud or happy that Donald Trump supported him or was saying good things about him. So I'm not sure what that means, but I don't think, uh, and I guess that would be the ultimate psyop, you know, um, if uh, they got those guys together. Liz says she misses Billy Ray too. Well, I'm sure he'd love to see you back. You can see, uh, tomorrow, Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, uh, I do America Unplugged with Billy Ray and Tony Ardmer is producing this show. So that's where you can catch uh, all of us then. That would be cool. Well, great to have you back, Liz. And uh, let's see. The moon appears to be a plasma field. White with you. You know, I, I am getting more drawn to flatter stuff. Definitely, I'm off the round. The round uh, spitting ball thing is ridiculous. Helena says he seems to be a genuine decent. Yeah, decent. Right off, my son said the other day he he has a morality that yeah, maybe he's a great actor. I don't know, but um, his morality comes. And again, I've talked about the Kennedy. Yes, I'm a Kennedy fanboy, and I get arguments with people. I just compare them to other celebrated families, and they just they just seem different to me. You know, we talked about uh, the homeless people, and uh, I mean the mental uh, ill people. You know the the Kennedys, and this is a, a subject that hits close to me because my niece, I've talked about this before, my niece, Denise Marcelino, uh, was uh, born with Down syndrome in 1968. I was a little kid, and uh, it had a profound impact on me. It, looked, it changed the way I looked at the world because I, you know, I I had no experience with something like that. Somebody, because I was very close to my nieces and nephews, and uh, I, you know, up to that point, I said retard sometimes, you know, when I got, and, and uh, after that, it became the R word. And I got mad when somebody used that word. I still don't like it. I understand I've loosened up a little bit because I, you know, it's, it's kind of part of the uh, anti-censorship thing, but uh, I saw the way the world treated her. I saw the way adults treated her. I remember uh, my sister was in a grocery store and uh, uh, Denise would always, um, she was really little, obviously, I don't know, three, four, five, I don't know, but she, you know, used to run up and, and she was so friendly as people with Down syndrome almost all are. They're all happy. You know, Norm, Norm McDonald did a great skit about that where he was saying he, if he could, he would, because he would, he would want Down syndrome. Now, of course, he wasn't just doing shtick, but he was saying, because you know, he said, ah, oh, people say the downside, ah, oh, look at him, he's just be smiling, doesn't know anything, he'd be happy all the time. So, yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, to think about it. I mean, she's one of the happiest people I know. And uh, and it's infectious. Nobody can be mad at her or whatever on little family disputes. Everybody loves her. Everybody comes together for her. But uh, at any rate, in this case, there was an old couple, you know, old, nice old white couple, you know, mainstream Americana, right? America 1.0. Walk around and, and Denise is running around trying to, introduce herself as she did to everybody. Hi, I'm Denise. Hi, I'm Denise. And want, you know, want to make, maybe hug them, you know, God forbid. And uh, they were running away from her like she was a serial killer. I mean, it was ridiculous. And my sister finally caught up to him and said, you know, she, what she has isn't contagious. She just wanted to, you know, say hello to you and be friendly. And I saw that over and over again. I saw kids making fun of her. I saw kids telling her to take her clothes off. Just, you know, just terrible things that you would catch people doing. And too many adults, again, laughing and, and using that word. So that's the way the world was in the 1970s. And uh, But 
thank goodness that Eunice um, Kennedy Schreiber, JFK's sister, founded the Special Olympics, and and they uh, they changed the way that just calling it Special Olympics, they changed the way people like Denise are looked at, and they're called special. And uh, I volunteered for the Special Olympics uh, several times, and uh, when she was young, and uh, it's it's such a gratifying experience, especially for somebody like me. I'm a real competitive guy with sports, you know, my kids can tell you, and I, I don't like to lose. <laughs> and I, I, I hate myself for it because maybe it's another Kennedy thing. You know, the Kennedys are that way. They're competitive. But um, when you volunteer for the Special Olympics, you see that everybody's a winner there. All the events they give, they, they give out like one, you know, um, gold ribbon. They give out a, one silver ribbon and everybody else gets a, a bronze ribbon. And everybody thinks they won. And they're all running around. You, you got to be prepared to get hug after hug. People are running up and hugging you, giving you high fives. And uh, maybe they don't let them do that now. I don't know. But they did then. And uh, it, you walked away feeling really good uh, about yourself because everybody was happy. Everybody, the, the person that came in 50th place thought they won. And that's that's a great thing. Again, is it a bad thing? Maybe I'm talking like Norm McDonald. But uh, at any rate, they changed the way the Kennedy family were responsible. And that was because of their, their aunt, uh, their sister Rose, who was, and again, one of the many slanders against old Joe Kennedy is that he, like he did this on purpose. He, she was a little slow in the parlance of the time. She wasn't quite up to the standards of the, the Kennedy set. And so uh, the father heard about this new cutting edge, old Joe heard about this new cutting edge medical procedure that I think could only be done in Switzerland or so, some other country and was you know, beyond the financial means of anybody except people like him and the one percenters. So he decided to, you know, he said, this is cutting edge, man. You make her, she'll be perfectly normal. And so he, he decided, well, he trusted the doctors, trusted the stupid system. Uh, yeah, let's give it a chance. And he didn't tell his wife and he, he thought it'd be a, a great surprise. I don't think she would have objected first of all, because he ran the, he ran the show. She would have listened to him, but at any rate, it backfired uh, terribly as, as we all know, was frontal lobotomy at the time considered and you know, it, it made people vegetables. Uh, that's not what they knew then. It was just starting and he uh, was crushed. It was just one of many countless tragedies that guy had to endure. And uh, so she was left with, you know, the capacity of a three or four year old and that really, and they had to put her in a special convent and everything. And it was just a ter terrible, tragic story. She just died maybe five, six years ago or something. But, um, at any rate, so Eunice and the other members of the Kennedy family, they were inspired by that. And so they decided to try to transform the way that people look at uh, special people, as they say. So it's one of the things they don't get credit for. But anyways, I, I've kind of, uh, you know, gone off on a tangent there. But uh, that's what it is. Liz says she likes what RFK is saying about vaccines. Well, it's the only thing, only ones that's saying anything. And he's criticized. Well, he's not saying, look. He's he's not going to be one of us is not going to be allowed to have that kind of platform. OK, so he's he's doing as much as he can. I I think he's pretty. Uh, I think he's being pretty courageous and, and, you know, to, to the extent that he can. But again, it, it could all be a fake. And I don't know. My friend Jeff Rents, who, you know, I'm on every Monday at nine on runs.com. Eastern, we uh, we discuss things that he he's claiming that he thinks they're gonna uh, they're paving the way to make RFK president. I, I don't understand that, but maybe we'll see. 
William Hill says Trump and Kennedy an interesting ticket. Then I check myself and realize it's a circus show to give us a belief. We yeah, exactly. I have a choice. That's me too. I look, like, I'm seduced. Like I said, man, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like the girls that got fooled by the suave talker. You know, he's he's fooling me. And uh He's if he's fooling me, I don't know, but he's seducing me and I, I watch him and I'm just more impressed every time I do. And uh, Chris Graves, good to see you, buddy. My friend Chris Graves is here. Okay, what else do we have here? I'm see if I missed anything else before I go back to the stories. Helena says, Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I thank you. I, you know, I, uh, People will tell you if you read or listen to me, maybe sometimes I get involved too much. I talked about my brother a lot and everything. And it's um, the reason I wrote Bullyocracy was was mainly because of Denise and my brother, uh, who was picked on a lot as well. He, he didn't have that, but he just, he was a little, it's probably on the autism scale before they knew what it was. Some voting trees, yeah, RFKs. And that, you know, I was seduced by him before he took his shirt off. I mean, look, man, I, I think I'm in pretty good shape. And I'm a couple years younger, three years younger than RFK Jr. And I, you know, that's inspirational to me that somebody that age can look like that. I mean, that's, I thought it was Photoshopped at first. I mean, that's unbelievable. That it's not a qualification, but it tells you something about the person, tells you about their dedication, uh, their, uh, their, their view of themselves and their commitment. I, I think that's, you know, it's all good. Doug Waters. Hey, Don. Hey, Doug. Good to see you here. Okay, let's go back uh, and let's see what we have. For our next story, oh, let's go back to culture again. More <laughs> the BLM founder. So uh, this, is, this, is, this is the same one I think that uh, has, uh, I think this is the same person that uh, bought I don't know how many millions of dollars worth of property. Marxist BLM founder Patrice Culler says it's really cool that people compare to communist mass murder and mass mouse attack. And again, just and I, I was watching a, one of the the dumbest interview I've seen with RFK. I was watching yesterday with this guy. Uh, oh God, my son remember something Frisman or something. I don't know, but th this guy he supposedly has three million followers. That's how RFK Jr. found him, I guess. He is, he makes uh, Tim Pool look, I mean, I don't understand Tim Pool, but uh, Tim Pool is, like, you know, <laughs> the greatest entertainer in the world compared to this guy. He, he's barely alive. He looks like Joe Biden. He can barely talk. He's like, he's not even animated. He, no sense of humor, no personality. He's got, you know, I have 3000 followers on YouTube. This guy's 3 million. I mean, Somebody is, you know, somebody's got some explaining to do there because that guy did not get it off anything he's doing. I don't know how they do it, but they give these kind of big followings to certain people and promote them. But he was awful. Anyhow, he was, he was, uh, I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. You know, maybe that has something to do with it. But he, uh, so naturally he went, he, you're talking to RFK Jr. about running for president in America in 2023. So what's the first thing you're going to ask about? Hitler, of course, right? So again, so we go down that road with Hitler and it's just so stupid. I would be for, a, you know, having a more, like a 25 year moratorium on the word Hitler so that nobody can mention him for 20, because he's been so, and it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. And Alex Jones is guilty of it. He talks about him all the time. It's just dumb. Hitler has nothing to do with what's going on in America today. And uh, 
you know, whatever he did or quotes to do, he couldn't have hoped to do anything that what our leaders are doing uh, now all the time. But just compare him to Mao Zedong. Just, just imagine if some leader of, you know, the KKK, first of all, the KKK doesn't really exist, but the KKK leader came up and after buying millions of dollars of property and they're not being a scandal about that, uh, said they thought it was really cool that, she, uh, that he's been compared to Adolf Hitler. I mean, that's just think about that because you, if you believe everything they'd said that Hitler did and everything they said Mao Zedong did, you'd have to give, you know, you'd have to uh, to, to tip the scales to Mao Zedong because he supposedly killed 70 million Chinese, right? Uh, but, you know, I remember they used to have uh, Mao Zedong's little red book or whatever back when the, the, the hippies were in college and they uh, talked about how. Uh, you know, they liked him. I mean, John Lennon said, you know, <clears throat> you're never going to make it anyway. You know, if you, when you go listening to Chairman now, you're not going to make it with anyone anyhow. He, he criticized it, but most people thought Mao was cool, which is ridiculous. 70 main people in the cool. But anyway, so this is Patrice Colors, Black Lives Matter. Uh, again, what does that even mean? I've analyzed Black Lives Matter before. And again, I, I don't care. You know, <laughs> saying you're racist is ridiculous. They burst upon the scene with incredible organization, the kind of organization that nobody on their, well, they wouldn't allow any white centric group, but there's no group on the right that could possibly get that kind of uh, organization, not to mention attention, but uh, I'm talking about just uh, logistically what they were doing. I talked about the, uh, when they were having the, uh, the, the peace, mostly peaceful protests, um, you, you would see things like uh, they had these impressive trucks and van, you know, long van lines showing up in cities where they were doing their mostly peaceful protests. And they had their logo. They all had professional logos on them for Black Lives Matter. But where did that come from? Who, who made those trucks and vans for them? Where, I mean, people don't ask these questions. Where there, there's, there's financing there, obviously. To think this is any kind of organic movement, and th I mean this, and this woman again, just to be said, it's really cool to compare to Mao Zedong, and to think it's really cool that you spent millions of dollars on these properties, and, and you know what? It's just <laughs> where is the money going? So you're 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 sending them money for that? Really? I don't think so. Let's see what we have here. Uh, any word says, what's the story of Irish slavery? Something about Irish history is probably off like most of Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about it, but I, I, whenever anybody talks about slavery now, I, uh, I I shut the discussion down. People don't argue with me anymore because I say, well, you must you must really be upset, man, because there's, you know, we're, we're told there's 40 million slaves in the world today, around the world, 10 million in India alone. Now, uh, so, you know, if you're still talking about slavery in this country, which is just one of every country, every society had slavery. The only one, but again, in our dumbed down idiocracy of a culture that we have, a basically ghetto culture, you would think that slavery is synonymous with, uh, you know, um, roots, which Alex Haley, by the way, plagiarized. And again, it doesn't matter. They still, uh, that kind of thing, uh, Quinto Kunte or whatever. That, that's what, that's what slavery is synonymous with. And uh, not going back to antiquity, the Bible talked about, it. but it's, um, 
it was obviously ended hundred more than 150 years ago. So in America, and the idea that we should, and we're going to be paying reparations, or I don't know how they're going to do it. I wrote a thing about it a while back of the impossible logistics of reparations, but it's we're going to do it somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how you're going to have, figure out how to tax certain people to pay other certain people. And it, it just boils down to how, you know, the, the, the idea that you're going to, you're going to uh, make people who were never slave owners pay people who were never slaves. It's just absolute insanity, but there's nobody on the other side who has the balls to come up to, to face it. And uh, for what it's worth, I do. And uh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but, um, this might, and the, the, but when you realize, I think what epitomizes what America 2.0 has become and the state we've read, when you get to the point where, um, I mean, you, white lives matter, you should be able to say that, or what is it? What's that other one that they've gotten in trouble for? Uh, it's okay. To, it's okay to be white. Now it's okay to be a four-year-old transgender. It's okay to be a kid that identifies as a cat. Your school system will put litter boxes in the bathrooms and they're doing that now. But it's not okay to be white, which is the still, despite all the inroads against uh, us, it's still, we're still the, the majority of the population in the US. So it's not okay. The majority of the population is not in an okay status for what they are, what they had no control over. You know, we have no control of what we're, what are we're born. We have any. It's what say it's 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 ridiculous to be proud or ashamed of being black or bright or brown or red or anything because you had no control over it. So this notion that it, so it's ridiculous. So but so if you're going to stress uh, racial pride for some people and racial shame. On other people, you're obviously you're never going to have any kind of cohesive society. That's what we're seeing now. It's all collapsing. But the problem is because even though whites are still the majority, they are. They used to talk about the silent majority, and they, you know that goes back to Nixon. That's a, that's the reason why white people are in the position they're in today. Because back when they're you know really were racist and they didn't like black people and everything, they were called the silent majority. They wouldn't speak up then except in private gatherings. They were scared of their own shadows then. Now it's more not fear. They have absorbed the propaganda and they hate themselves. What is it you kind of juxtapose with the end of uh, the end of Orwell's 1984 is that uh, Winston Smith had won the battle over himself. He had learned to love Big Brother. Well, white people have lost the battle against themselves. They've learned to hate themselves. And that's what it is. And it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's just so stupid. You can't have a... <laughs> And so you you had things. So that's why you have critical race theory. That's why you have people like that crazy, uh, uh, overweight, uh, no talent R and B singer Jill Scott, who is uh, is talking about uh, you know rewriting the national. Just imagine rewriting some, I don't know, just rewriting a Stevie Wonder song or something, some some black pop song, and and putting uh, anti black lyrics in it, and some country singer getting up there with one of the ridiculous cowboy hats on to incense everybody. Imagine that. What do you think the response would be to that? They would treat it with more, more reverence than, uh, than they treat uh, our national anthem. That's for sure. But again, our national anthem, again, if you know hidden history, 
the guy that, and again, you can read it in my crimes and cover-ups book that I mentioned as a forward by Ron Paul. Uh, most people don't know that uh, the grandson of Francis Scott Key, I think it was Frank Key Howard, I, I think, I, I, but again, I, I forget these names. The grandson of the guy who wrote the Star Spangled Banner, Francis Scott Key, was one of those locked up by Lincoln for protesting his war policies and his uh, suspension of uh, rid of habeas corpus and uh, trampling of civil liberties and uh, shutting down over 200 newspapers. Francis uh, Frank Howard was uh, thrown into one of the makeshift prisons. And the makeshift prison was the one that, that was the same spot from where his grandfather had written the Star Spangled Banner. Talk about irony of ironies. And uh, how many how many Americans do you think know that? Not very many. That's why I call it hidden history because uh, they, Americans are historically illiterate. Is the Kennedy family supposed to be Illuminati bloodline? I think it was Fritz Springmeier name. Eh, you know. Um, I don't know. I know uh, Fritz Springmeier and Alex Jones used to have him on all the time. All, all I can do is tell you what they, and, and again, maybe they're, this is their role assigned to them, but you know, I write about uh, body counts all the time. Uh, Clinton body count, Bush body count, going back to FDR body count, which, uh, you know, because, because this, this body count been for these tyrants for a long time. And um, in all those body counts, it's obvious that uh, these uh, these powerful political leaders are are knocking off those who threaten them. They're stopping whistleblowers who might blow the whistle on their particular corruption. The Kennedy body count is huge, but it consists of Kennedys. Unlike all these other families, they're the ones who die. Their enemies don't. So uh, again, whether whether that's just you know, or they're the only honest family, I don't know. All I can tell you is that. JFK was different from any other president. I've written extensively about it. Uh, there was nobody like him in the White House. Huey Long would have been even better, but he wasn't elected, and they, they killed him too. And White Will says the Kennedys are definitely favored by the elites, if not elites themselves. They're not. Well, again, brother, we disagree. Read my books. I mean, even, even something like uh, even somebody like Carolyn Kennedy, who uh, – is about as unimpressive as it comes. I mean, Carolyn Kennedy is, uh, she got none of her father's gifts. Uh, she didn't, and she's apparently not a real nice person in real life from everything I hear. But uh, unlike her brother, John John, who had it all and they they murdered. But um, she was going to be nominated, uh, she was going to be appointed by uh, Obama, I think to fill uh, Hillary Clinton's seat when she became Secretary of State in New York. She was considered a shoe in and again, she there. She was no threat at all. She won't even. She gets mad if somebody mentions the assassination of her father. He's milk toast, standard liberal. You know, supports everything. She's no threat to anybody. But she's the daughter of JFK, and they sabotaged her. They put a front page story in the New York Times or something. I talk about all this in hidden history. Talking about how many times she said uh, um, and you know, during a, a an interview, they they clean those things up all the time for celebrities, especially athletes who sound like, you know, complete morons. They sweeten the grammar up so they make them don't sound quite as stupid. They didn't for her. And she, she got their message and she jumped right out. So they, I, you know, if they favor the candidates, I make sure kill a lot of them. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe uh, Jeff Rents is right. And, uh, and if RFK becomes president that I, I won't, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to have a contrary view of that. Definitely. Uh, 
And Raid says BLM had George Soros funding them. Yes, absolutely. They have somebody powerful funding them. <clears throat> Sam Bodie Street said there were no, no reparations. Well, I don't know, brother. I don't know who's going to stop them because uh, I can tell you if enough angry black, black people stamp their feet and demand them, it's going to happen because there's no, there's no white that's going to say no. I can tell you that. It would be the first time they said no in my lifetime. Not going to happen. Um, Doug Water says, what are the descendants of people who never owned slaves benefit from what the slaves didn't build? Exactly. Well, again, we just did what that stupid Jill Scott said. This myth that blacks built America, this is absolutely ridiculous. Blacks were slaves. They weren't given skilled labor to do for a long time. I mean, they they kept them in the, con they did the grunt work. That's what you would, you know, if you have slaves, I guess, I, I never been a slave master, but I imagine the thinking is let's give them the work to do that we don't want to do, the dirty work. We're not going to trust them to do the skilled labor, but again, and Donald Trump's one of them. He said, blacks built America. It's just another absurd soundbite that just, you know, it's ridiculous. Yep. And Raid says no billionaire is going to find anything um, pro. Well, yeah, there's nobody doing anything. Doug Waters, Lizzo, thank you. That's that crazy Lizzo, that another one-namer. Prairie Fire, good to see you. Suicide Tolerance is, you uh, say, has become a prairie dumpster fire. We can definitely agree on that, White Wolf. No question about that. It has become a dumpster fire. All right, let's see what we got here. Uh, I don't even know what this story is. Okay. Tesla and Chinese rivals signal EV price war truce and socialist fight. Yeah, apparently so. Here, here we have the uh, our boy Tesla. I mean uh, Tesla again. Who? Boy, does he's he's you know he's oh I can't even do the article. I guess I have to. Well, but basically it's 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 uh, Tesla lauded the uh, the socialist values. Of China, that doesn't sound like a you know big conservative like he's supposed to be. So very strange. And I, I don't know what you guys think. I I still can't believe, but I I have heard uh, this talk that Zuckerberg and and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Tesla or uh, uh, I mean not te um, Elon with Tesla. I mean Elon Musk. I'm not talking about Tesla. That's <laughs> hard. And and Elon Musk are going to be in some kind of cage mask. Is it cage mask or wrestling fighting? I mean, if that's true, I think again we have. You talk about uh, a dumpster fire, White Wolf. I mean, I you couldn't write satire. I mean, I, I just trying to write a comedy or something, picking something like that. Uh, could you possibly come up with anything more ridiculous? I don't think it's possible to. You know, um, Howard Stern uh, inspired some really awful things where he had celebrity boxing a while back. And uh, you had some really ridiculous, I mean, they took, I remember they had Manute Bowl, who was like a seven foot, six inch, really skinny basketball player against uh, Refrigerator Perry, the big fat uh, defensive tackle with the Bears. Uh, you had uh, Danny Partridge versus uh, Greg Brady. I mean, just just incredibly stupid things that were just again idiocracy on steroids. I'm surprised it didn't become a regular thing, but this would be beyond all that. And and, and you, know, you could see Trump versus Biden or something. 
that, you know, Zelensky versus Putin. This is, you know, it's, it's just so stupid. It, it, you know, it just insults the intelligence. Uh, White will says, sure, give the blacks reparations, just print a bunch of money and hand it out to them so they can get free funds, porn bank. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's, um, the idea is just absurd. Reparations would be great for the economy, Harlan Stonewall says, and the free market. Yes, it would. Absolutely. There. I mean, the idea that it's just it's even being considering it because it's mathematically impossible. It really is. Let's see here. This, this is an interesting one. This is uh, about uh, Tucker Carlson, January 6th. Capitol Police Chief told Tucker that the January 6th crowd was loaded with federal agents. Fox tired Tucker before he could hear the interview. The Biden regime doesn't want the country to know the truth about J6. It's a highly coordinated front. Well, it, yeah, there's no question. And, uh, again, I wish I could play the video. But um, <clears throat> I said at the time, but again, I caught flack from people because uh, people like RFK Jr. Nobody wants to believe in anybody. I, and I'd be, you know, the people that poo-poo everything. I, I don't know who they think. I, I'm pretty black-pilled. But uh, I had a generally favorable impression of Tucker Carlson uh, for the last few years watching his shows. It was unlike any news show I'd ever seen on television, mainstream television, network television. And uh, it was getting better. Like I said, I, it was if I had a real chance to be on that show for Masking the Truth, and you know, unfortunately, he, he was fired at the wrong time for me because it was right before my book came out, but I think that uh, be uh, part of the uh, uh, disinfo crowd as well. But uh, what does it say about January 6th? It says that, uh, as we know, you know, I've had people on my show about it that it's still ongoing again. And it, just like everything else we talked about, that silent majority, in this case, not just a white silent majority, but a silent majority. If it is, I, but I don't think it's a silent majority anymore in terms of people who are opposed to this kind of tyranny. But the idea that you could uh, sit back and and know that you had citizens who are, are being are rotting in jail now for two years, over two years, denied all due process, uh, supposedly beaten, uh, thrown in solitary confinement. This is stuff that should only happen to vicious criminals. None of them are in the wrong place at the wrong time. They decided to make an example at them with uh, all the government agents there. It's it's a disgrace. And again, where is the opposition? You have a handful, including Mary Tyler, uh, Mary, uh, uh, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, a handful of people in Congress like that who have spoken out against it. But Nobody, nobody in society, there's nobody on the left, nobody, nobody. There's not anybody like me, a civil libertarian on the left, who's saying this is an outrage. You can't do this, deny people, you can't just do process. Absolute, mis there's no justice, and it's, uh, you. all of us are affected when you when you do something like that. But again, you don't hear anybody talking about it, and it's, uh, it's it barely mentioned. And I, I see people, especially in the JFK assassination research field, when I go look at the, uh, the forums there, and I realize how much I've lost them. Where they, they all buy into it, man. They all love it. I mean, they uh, they call them insurrectionists, and 
I think they would not object if they were all shot by firing squad or hung in the public square. With Trump, of course, being at the Trumpenstein being the first one. But um, this is all part of the uh, the troubling aspects of what has happened to America. We've politicized everything. And this was a politicized protest. Uh, this was about uh, protesting election. And now this thing has been used not only to lock people up, but they're making it impossible to object to any electoral shenanigans in the future. You already saw they quashed it in 2022. And, and, and Trump and his continuing you know, continuing a tour of being, uh, you know, prosecuted for <laughs> all these absurd, inane things that no other uh, political figure, let alone president, would ever be prosecuted for, uh, is is good, probably going to be prosecuted in Georgia for uh, disputing the election of all places. And again, keep in mind that if I, if I was Trump's lawyer, first thing I would do, of course, he has the worst lawyers in the world, but if I was his lawyer, the first thing I would do is I would... Uh, call my first witness, Stacey Abrams, the Sands. And that's all you got to do. And just play all the clips of her over the last several years, claiming that the election was rigged against her in Georgia, the same state, and that she's really the governor. Case closed. But I feel confident that whoever Trump's attorneys are will not raise that issue just as he, he didn't stay in Florida when uh, Ron DeSantis offered to protect him against any extradition orders. I feel confident because it's a Trumpenstein project that uh, he'll let his idiotic lawyers will do something, you know, the opposite of that. There you go. And, and White Wolf raises the point. Where is Donald Trump on the January 6th fiasco? And absolutely. He, he didn't mention it for a long time at all. But when he does mention it, it's always in the, uh, the context of putting himself again first is that possible for a human to have that kind of ego i don't know maybe again i think it's trump it's not i think it's an actor but the whole thing is uh you know they were there because i won i won in a landslide you know this all becomes about him childish stuff so uh yeah it's just crazy what i you know you guys know i had if you listeners of the, the show know that i had ashley babbitt's mother on my show and she still supports trump now, who am I going to argue with a woman like that who suffered a loss like that? But uh, that's the kind of um, unbelievable support that this guy who doesn't remotely deserve that he still gets. Yes, sir, William Hale. Trump is the uh, vaccine president, Mr. Warp Speed. He sure is. And, uh, you know, I know what's going to be. At this point, Trump appears to be uh, – Going into it, whether the next act of the, state, of the play is that uh, he's not going to be able to be president, whether he's in prison or he just he loses his support. I don't know. But I know that there's still an unbelievable amount of people that still support him. I, not as many people have gone to RFK Jr. as I thought, again, because they don't they don't trust him being a Democrat, maybe. And the, they don't trust his background of, uh, of climate change and all that stuff. But um I don't know who is seen if Trump isn't seen as Trump is because said I compared him to Goldstein, Emmanuel Goldstein in Orwell's 1984. He was the fake opposition leader. They had the two-minute hate directed at him with any party members would throw things at the screen and scream. The stuff that people do when they see Trump, except for it's 24-7 hate. He is that. And Emmanuel Goldstein wasn't real. Trump isn't real. It's not, he obviously isn't uh the real opposition leader, he would have done something when he was president for four years. 
It's making you know, I, if I get reelected, I'll, I'll release the JFK files. I'll do this and that. I'll lock up. Uh, I'll probably prosecute Hillary. Yeah, okay. We we've heard that before. And uh, but on the other hand, symbolically, he still represents the opposition. He's not, but there's nobody else that has a public platform. Who is it? DeSantis? Well, DeSantis is questionable too. There are ties he might have to the Bush people. He's goes, I think, skull and bones. And uh, as hard as it is to believe that anybody could be more devoted to Israel than Donald Trump, uh, Ron DeSantis is. You know, he wrote that very uh, problematic law, you know, basically banning anti-Semitism in his state. And he went to Israel to sign the bill, which is, uh, that's a pretty, uh, that symbolizes something and it's it's nothing good. Let's see what we have here. Okay, this is a... Um, oh, this is more about the cocaine. I've got this other thing. Colin Drug says, the cocaine found in the White House was located in a much more secure area near this situation room. This was found in a much more secure place, limited access place in the West Wing reception area. It's down there in the situation room, right off the West Executive down there. Normal people, average people just can't get in there, even with the uh, entry from the Northwest Gate. So w- what does that say? And there you see Paul Volcker's wife, Andrea Mitchell, the former head of the Federal Reserve, uh, alleged reporter. <laughs> She's still doing her stuff. She's been around forever. But um, so again, I, I don't know what that that cocaine that cocaine means, but uh, they're telling you, are they trying to set Kamala Harris up? I don't, I don't know. Can't believe they would do that to a... Uh, the first female vice president, which of course happens to be black. There's never been a white female vice president, white women out there. Just you might want to question that because you're and you're and the first female president is not going to be white either. I hate to break it to you. Hillary was your only chance, but, uh, you know, it's going to be Michelle Obama, probably, if not Kamala Harris or maybe Stacey Abrams, for all we know. Who knows? But uh, nothing would surprise me. But uh I don't. So this this is you know lunacy. Do they that we have this cocaine, cocaine there can't even be explained. I don't know what it means, but uh, found in the Situation Room. So that means it was found in an area uh, that you know has to be an insider. So who are they trying to set up here? Harlan Solo, Orange Jesus is just playing his role. Might be yeah, absolutely. He's the Trumpet Sign Project. Um, White Wolf says DeSantis Trump ticket. You, just watch me. you think you think Trump is going to take the second? Uh, I mean, I, I Trump DeSantis maybe. I I can't see Trump being a vice president. That would be, but again, I don't know what the hell, what the hell do I know? And I, I don't know. He's called DeSantis enough names. White Wolf says they're going to pale Biden that is going to be Trump versus RFK. Well, you're like you should talk to Jeff uh, Rents because I I don't I don't understand how you guys are saying that. Uh, maybe you know it's if. Uh, it is surprising to me that RFK is as high in the polls as he said, because those polls are usually used to, you know, when Dennis Kucinich ran 1%, uh, you know, the pre-election polls, which are just lies to manipulate the voters and thinking who they want to win. Uh, same thing with my friend Cynthia McKinney, 1%, Pat Buchanan, 1%. So they, uh, I guess maybe they thought they couldn't do it. They figured they couldn't do that to Kennedy because he uh, has a much bigger name, but uh Shocking. Let's see what we got here. We got pretty many people over at Rockfin. Okay. Letter Trust uh Letter Trust Fund. Good to see you. 
Sorry, I'm not monitoring this as well. Um, Riley says, can I get a valid reason why in 2023 they would assassinate anyone? Well, I, I, they haven't assassinated anybody for a long time, so I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I, and the problem with assassinating anybody in, in live time now, uh, it would be much easier to dissect, I think, and the people online would. Uh, so I think it would be harder, I think, to, to launch the cover-up that they've done in the past. Riley says they have the public by the balls. Why would they kill them? And you're right. I mean, that's why. But you said that about why would they stage any psyops or anything? Because they, I don't know why they do anything we do. Because they've they've shown with the greatest psyop in the history of the world, uh, COVID, that uh, that people will believe anything, and they can come up with the most nonsensical stuff. And so at this point, they should feel really good about themselves, and they should, you know, they shouldn't have to play these games. But uh, it um, it just seems to be that way. Until the Keebler Ups can show me they fixed 2020, there's no sense of voting White Wolf says. That's right. Yeah, I mean, there's, and that's why I said the Republican cucks out there who are, look, whatever happened in 2020, they're not acknowledging that anything happened. There have been no reforms. In fact, they've made it easier for mail-in ballots to be counted. They made less checks on it. Uh, so, and you're going to be prosecuted maybe. Is Donald Trump's going to be if you question it? So, uh, and you think you're going to win? Vote harder, as they say. Um, White was says you're right. He meant Trump DeSantis with DeSantis being. Yeah, I mean that would have to be that way. DeSantis might do that. I don't know. Okay, first story. This is kind of a survival uh, the richest part of me. Uh, so many let me do this. Okay. People are swimming in debt. Record number of car buyers with thousand dollar payments. So think about that. Uh, you know, that used to be a, that used to be a, a fairly substantial mortgage not that long ago. Thousand dollars a month for car payments now, and uh, that's basically what you're seeing. Car payments today are uh, a lot like rents were, if not mortgages, not all that long ago. And uh, I know lots of young people that, and uh, who don't have cars. They, it is, it's beyond their means. When I was a blue collar worker, uh, everybody I knew from all races, uh, they pretty much, I mean, there were a few people, I guess, that rode the bus, but almost everybody had cars back then because uh, those kinds of physical labor jobs that the people uh, in the bottom half of America are relegated to working paid them enough to at least be able to afford a car. Cars are so expensive now, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's unbelievable to see how much uh, they're asking even for used cars. It's, I mean, for really older used cars, incredible. But um, let's see, the sheriff, he says, Tyler Durden, he does a lot of good work, Tyler Durden does on Zero Hedge. The share of new auto loans with, with uh, monthly payments exceeding $1,000 hit a new record. As borrowing costs continue to rise and new car prices remain elevated. Consumers are taking on too much auto debt. Well, let's just say, you know, the consumers... <laughs> Of course, they're, ta they, they're taking on too much debt, period, but they've been, ta been taking on too much debt for a while because what are they supposed to do? Uh, the, 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 the primary reason for all this is what I wrote about in Survival of the Riches, that the vast majority of people are not being paid enough to meet the ever-increasing cost of living. It's a very simple equation. Most jobs don't pay enough. Uh, Bernie Sanders would call it a living wage. I would hate to use his term analogy, but... Um, 
Huey Long would certainly have something to say about if he was around today, but it's disgraceful. Rents are, that's why you talked about that show, Nora from Queens, where uh, they're shaming people, adult children for uh, still living at home. Again, you're not paying them enough to go out and say, well, get some skills. There's, there's not enough to go around. Somebody has to do those jobs. And I talk about it before that, uh, you know, back in America 1.0, uh, people that worked in the factories were not educated. They weren't skilled. They learned to go on the assembly line and they had great union. They were good union jobs. They made good money. They were able to raise families. But that's probably what they could have done. They weren't going to be doctors or lawyers or scientists. They didn't have the capacity or the money or whatever, the interest to do that. And somebody has to do the other jobs. Like the Republicans say, you know, be an entrepreneur. Not everybody can. I mean, if everybody's an entrepreneur, if everybody owns a small business, uh, society's not going to work. Somebody has to clean the toilets and mop the floors and cut the grass. Now we're trying to make it so that it's just all illegal immigrants doing that. And maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll get enough of them in there that they, they can do that. But that's, that's what they appear to be wanting to do. But, uh, you know, American citizens used to do that, and they used to be paid enough. Uh, I've talked many times about growing up in the 1960s and 1970s, and um, I knew fathers that you know worked in now defunct you know department stores like uh, Montgomery Ward's and Sears and uh, Woodard and Lothrop, and they just had regular jobs there. Maybe they sold watches or something behind a counter. They, they had a single family home. They owned a house. They drove a car, a nice car. They could definitely have to have a thousand dollar a month payment like this. These people do now. Uh, they had as many kids as they want. And their wife stayed at home to watch them in the ideal situation, to meet them at the door so you didn't have latchkey kids. Um, how did that happen? Because you didn't have CEOs and, and, and you know uh, golden umbrellas and all that stuff. And I talk about all this in Survival of the Riches. And that's my uh, left-wing side, populist side inspired by Huey Long, but this, this kind of stuff, when I see this, it just reinforces what uh, I already know, but at any rate, uh, throw that out there. And I think I one more story, but that's the, uh, this is the one I say the best for last. Let's see. Um, okay. Yeah. This is my, uh, I'm just putting a picture of my, my, I'm asking the truth here. Folks, um, I got to tell you, I want you to look at that th number there, six ratings. I, I, I'm a little disappointed. Um, I think Masking the Truth has done pretty well. It's hanging in there. But uh, so if probably 10 times as many people as the six kind of have contacted me and told me how much they loved the book and they were going to rate it and review it on Amazon. Well, I don't know what that means. And again, I, I know nobody has to do anything, but uh, I just, when I look at that, I feel a little disappointed. I expected it to have a lot more time. And if you go over to Goodreads, I didn't bookmark that. I don't know how many of you are on Goodreads, but it's free to my 90 year old friend, John Barber once got on there so he could uh, help just rate my books. It's not easy. It's not hard to do. You just join. It's like social media for readers and writers, but uh, it all matters. It all matters to the perception. People are followers. I'm trying to tell you, you have to put the perception. That's why you have some of these people in our world, the ones that are really successful. I suspect they use their money 
to buy an image that they're more successful than they are. Like that guy, Chris Mutter, whatever his name is, 3 million followers. Somebody bought that because that guy sure as hell didn't get 3 million followers with his act because it's, you know, it's a non-act. There's nothing to it. It's the most boring thing you'd ever see. But he gets top tier guests like Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, so, but it's because of the number of guests he has, um, followers he has. Same thing with here. If you if you look at that number six, and if that number was 106 already after a month, something like that, or a little over a month, people would already look at it different. And you see some of these big books, an RFK's book on Fauci or people like that, Whitney Webb's last book, uh, people like that, where they're, I see these people from my world and I see lots more reviews. And I, I don't know if people are just more compelled to write, but I, I can tell you, I've heard from lots and lots of people about Masking the Truth and I haven't heard one negative word about it yet. I mean, everybody seems to love it and think it's great. So uh, it, it needs to have more reviews and ratings. And uh, it, I know I told everybody to buy it for the publisher and I appreciate, and I, I think a lot of people did. I got my first royalty statement, was, but I, you know, if everybody told me they did, people buying extra copies like Guard Goldsmith and many others, uh, very much obviously grateful for that kind of support. But please, if you do that, it's just, it's, you don't even have to review. Reviews are great, but on Amazon, you can just rate them now. Just go rate it because people are looking at the number there. They won't even read the reviews. If most people, if they just look and say, wow, it has a lot of people are followers. And the idea is to try to get people to uh, read this who would otherwise not be drawn to it. They'll be drawn to it if they think it's popular. So anyway, that's my, uh, sorry to be pleading with my digital uh, uh, <coughs> nan, which I've been known to do. Let's see here. What, um, Chris, oh, Chris Grays wants the all, well, all black ticket. We're not sure what the genders will be. Uh, Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey. 20, there you go. That sounds perfect. You got a winner there, Chris. White Will says he thinks we're headed for Trump 2.0. Wow. Well, we'll see. I don't know. White Will's like a lot of people. He used to have a car, but it became a very expensive habit. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's what If you're not making enough money, it does. Yeah, you have to. My brother had to stop driving at some point because... Uh, he, he was on a fixed income and it was, something went wrong with the car. He couldn't afford to get fixed. And then you have insurance and gas and all that stuff. You're right. Press the average car is more than my father paid for a six year bedroom home in 1970. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the idea that, uh, you know, that, uh, that most people uh, can't afford it. And that's why the marketplace is so rigged is Henry Ford, you know, Henry Ford uh, famously, uh, gave his uh, workers a big raise at one point back in the day when he was making the Model T and and uh, his fellow plutocrats, uh, you know, criticized him. And he said, hey, look, I got to pay him enough to buy the product I'm selling. That should be the mindset. But Henry Ford was a more honest capitalist. Uh, most of them don't care about that. White Wolf says, he belongs to the last real politician. That's why they had to vote. Well, you know, he was the best, man. I mean, there's nobody, nobody ever it was like Huey. Something off about the so-called potato, potato fine story, whatever it was, any words. I don't know, man. I I haven't, I guess I need to look into that more. Uh, I haven't, uh, wouldn't surprise me. I got to get this, a guy that uh, 
has, he's even gone beyond Miles Mathis. He thinks all history is fake. Uh, I got to see if I can contact him, have him on the show. It'd be fun at the very least. Cause I'm, you know, I'm susceptible to that. You know, I, I, I can believe that a, a lot of things have been faked. White Wolf says, being a mother and father's most noble profession is not about what your career work is. Absolutely. That's for sure. Irish pedophile was brought on by the British. It was not as fun as, yeah, it, it was definitely the dirty Brits that did it. Those are my people, the Irish and the British. My heart is with the Irish. Harlan Stonewall calls it Obama 24. There you go. That might work. Penny candy used to cost a penny in the old days. Pennies were always made of copper. Yeah, that's for sure. And you, well, they have dollar stores now. Well, first of all, you had a, I don't think you ever had penny stores, but you had a, a nickel store and then you had a, a dime store. When I was a kid, it was a dime store. Ben Franklin was one of the dime stores. And, uh, you know, anything there was supposed to cost a dime or less. And a lot of stuff did back then. And until recently, you had the dollar store. It was amazing that you still in this day, you could get everything was under a dollar, but now they've, they've pissed So everything in the dollar store is at least a dollar 25 or something. John Bassiglin, good to see you here. John, I bought a brand new house built in California for 73000 1984. I bought a second new home built in uh, 88 for 135 Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, we we bought the house, and then now I think we paid 190000 in 1998. So, uh, but yeah, today I, I, I couldn't afford my house today, I can tell you that. Harlan Stone says, I bought five paperbacks on Amazon and the ebook twice on the, well, Brother, I, I think you win the prize. You made it. I, I can't thank you enough, Harlan. That's incredible. Seven books. <laughs> well, I can tell you that's collectively probably seven times what my entire family's bought. But uh, I really appreciate that. That's. Uh, I can't expect that kind of support from anybody. I really appreciate it. But if you, you know, if you give it a rating on Amazon, you certainly have a vested interest having bought all those books. Uh, I'm just trying to get the numbers up. That's all because uh, the idea is to try to to grow and reach more people. And uh, there is an opportunity there for that. But uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, people, uh, it's hard to get them to do that. And you sound like a, a beggar, you know, so I, I don't want to, you know, be that way. But uh, I also am looking out for my own interest too. Um, White Wolf never had car insurance, drove on the radar. Boy, you are Lucky man. I had uninsured mortis fee for two years because uh, I had to because I was arrested for DWI, one of the pathfinding members way back in the day. I've written a lot about that. Oh, Harlan, you did rate it. I'm sorry, Harlan. You rated the sixth rate? Well, I thought, well, you're Harlan, I can't criticize. <laughs> Thank you, brother, so much, man. So many copies, and you rated it too. I very much appreciate it. The interest rate when we bought our home with this was 10%, and that was in 1940. Yes, uh, John, I remember that. Yeah. I think when we bought our house in 85, it was our first townhouse. Yeah, it was 10 or 11%, I think. And of course, back then, you know, um, adjustable rates were really big. So I think we, and we tested the waters with arms a couple of times, but they were scary because they could, you know, balloon payments sometimes you had to watch. I'm still a realtor, and, uh, I still, I mean, I still have my license. I have my first listing in many years now. I'm doing it. Uh, White Wolf said the Philly the insurance cost used to cost more than the car was worth. Well, I guess that could be true. Did I miss anything else? Riley is a. 
Let's see. Alex Jones reselling an updated version of his ghostwritten garbage. But well, well, there's a perfect example. But I mean, he has the same publisher that my primary publisher is in. You know, with the name, he gets it. Just people. It, it, it's just part of our society. People like winners, and so if something is already successful, they're more they're bandwagon fans. So they want to jump on and be part of that. Instead of, I, I have always been the opposite. I look at something and I say, oh, God, I want to help that. Look at that pathetic. You know, that's not have much attention. But most people don't think that way. Most people are bandwagon fans and they do that. So um, at any rate, I, uh, and I beg of the rest, I hope, and certainly uh, it, I'll get triggered uh, uh, easily. The book will be, uh, if I get back on Coast to Coast, I'm still trying to do that because I have to go with another host for that book. And, uh, we're still trying. So hopefully I can do that. There's Tony. I just bought another copy paperback of Madison. <laughs> Bruce Donna. I just I did. Mean, it. I just did. I'm shaming people into doing it. I'm I sorry. just I got another copy from my, my Branson location on the shelf. So oh, um, I appreciate that. Tony. I'm going to leave a review too. We're going to get a review of this book up on Amazon. Oh, I appreciate that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it's, people are followers. I just can't stress that enough. And that's, that's when things take off. Once they see, I'm convinced some of these people in our world that have money, uh, I think they're, you know, they may very well buy 10,000 copies of their book or something if they have a lot of money. And the Amazon rankings will go up so high from that, that people will say, Hey, wow, this is a smashing success. You know, so there's a, you know, not that I can do that or would do that, but I, I really appreciate that, Tony. So, uh, Annie, I hope you guys like the new format. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's not going to be all this way all the time, I don't think, but because uh, we'll be getting, uh, I certainly want to have guests on here as well. I don't know what you thought of it, Tony. Oh, it's it's smooth, Don. I mean, I really like the format. I've I've been thinking this for a long time, and I love your guest. I mean, you have some great guests, but I mean, people tune in to hear you. I, yeah. I that's what I always tune in for. So. Um, I think I think you should continue down the road of, of pulling up articles. I mean, you write what one two articles a week now. Yeah, your- I didn't even put them. But yeah, I should I should do that. I guess I should have more. I didn't I didn't touch on that, but yeah, I, I yeah I, I mean I like it. If I can uh, I can, I can uh, you know get in my David Knight mode on and talking nonstop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do. It's hard to do. He's he's like the iron horse of that, but. Uh, <laughs> He's he's a master for sure. But you did a great job. It's a great show. Uh, a lot of audience participation. Good chat. And uh, I think we'll just keep this YouTube channel as long as we can. So all your listeners need to know that you can be found on Rockfin on the America Unplugged channel. You should also find Don on uh, subscribe on Facebook, follow him on Twitter, where his, his videos are also up there and Bandot Video. And put, thank you. And, and please, uh, the only place I'm not shadow banned is Substack. So please go to donaldjeffries.substack.com. It's called I Protest, just like this show. And uh, that's growing very well. And so you can help me a lot being there. And I really appreciate it. And thanks, Tony. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Lots of good participation. Appreciate it. And see you next week on I Protest. <laughs>